New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. And hard to let that bed go. But we thank God for, for those that are here today and those that want to be here for various reasons and things that's going on that they're not here with us today. But we thank God for, for each of each one of you. Amen. Well, it's been a good week and the election is all over and we're still counting various places. But the most important thing is that's all behind us now. Look at your neighbors. It's behind us now. Amen. We can move on to something else uh, by the grace of God. God has been good. I've been still talking to you guys and preaching to you about, um, about love, God's love. And that is something that is so important when it comes to God's love or whatever. Last week I spoke to you about responding to God's love. You know all the great things that God has done for us and doing for us each and every day every minute of the day, really, it should be very, very easy for us to respond to God's love. If he asks us to do anything, really, it should be easy for us to say, yes, Father, I do it. And remember what Jesus said, he, whatever he'd done and whatever he was intended to do, he always done things to do what? To please the Father. Amen. And I think if people would just get that mindset to want to do things to please the Father, just not going to God whenever we have a blowout, like, you know, like you do a car, you know, when they have a flat tire or something, we go to the um, service station, get it, get it patched or put a new tube in it or whatever. But whenever we have a blowout, we go to God. But when God asks us to do something, it's always like we don't have time. We're too busy. Our schedule, our agenda has got too many things on it but God. But now when we have a crisis, Jesus, you got to be there. Now, I mean, show up tomorrow, but God, you got to show up right now, right this minute or whatever. And that's just the way that um, we treat God or whatever. And, and God don't ask us to really to do a whole lot. But most of, the time, most of the time, he just asks you to just let your light shine. And, you know, to come to worship him and to, and to be a blessing to others and to love others by the grace of God. And when we're talking about love, love is a, a very important thing when it comes to come to God. And the Bible says God first loved us, even though we didn't love him, but he first loved us. And so out of that love that he's um, demonstrated to us, then we want to take time out to demonstrate that love to others. And when I say others, to mankind, people in general, whatever, and, and like I've said many times, there are some unlovable people in the world. And they will do everything they can to make sure to try to keep you from loving them. They will say things. They will do things. They will just do all types of amazing things just to prevent you from loving them. And, and what is amazing about that, that is something they really need. But that is something they do many times they, um, they avoid it like a plague. But, but God is, because we, we love God and God loves us, we want to do whatever we can to try to make sure that we respond to his love by doing the things he asks us to do. And the question is this morning, what have God asked you to do in the last few weeks, in the last few days, that you didn't do it? You know, this is a question you ask yourself. And then you have to ask yourself, um, could I have done what he asked me to do? I can answer that question for you most of the time, yes. But there has to be a willingness on our part to do what God asks us to do or whatever, instead of excuses or whatever. We come up with so many excuses. We can find an excuse to do everything else in the world. But when it comes to serving God 
and obeying God and, and living for God, that's an excuse or whatever. But when we get in that hospital, when we get in that, that hospital bed or whatever, and they give us those, all those diagnoses and whatever, boy, we get extremely holy. Oh, we praise the Lord then. But when we're, when we're doing good and things are going well for us, we have very little time to serve God. Unless it's a funeral or something. Well, it used to be people years ago, you know, it was, um, when funerals, people have funerals or whatever, they would go to funerals. But now you got to the point where they don't go to funerals no more. They don't even respect the dead no more. So we are really, as people, as in general, we have really slipped, um, slipped away from God and, and yet and still we say how much God loves us. And you got to understand, if you are a Christian, believer or non-believer, everything works by love. Faith works by love. And that's why it's so important being able to, to get it straight. If your relationship is not straight with mankind, I can assure you your relationship is not straight with God. Because in order to have a good relationship with God, you've got to have a good relationship with mankind. Because you see man every day. You be around man every day. But you don't ever see God. You experience God. You can feel God by his presence, and etc. But when it comes to God, we always want to make sure that we love him like he loves us. Now, can we do that? Do we have the ability to love him and respond to him like he responds to us? Yes, we do. But there's Bibles, the Bible says in the book of um, Isaiah, if we be willing and obedient, those two words, willing and obedient, we should eat the good of the land. But that's why it's so important to be able to, uh, to be willing and obedient. God loves is amazing force. And when it comes to God loves, there's no force, no power on this earth is greater than God's love. And this morning, Paul goes to the book of Galatians, go to the book of Galatians, chapter 5 and verse 6, and, said, um, and says this, And we to whom Christ has given eternal life don't need to worry about whether we have been circumcised or not, or whether we are obeying the Jewish ceremonies or not. For, for all we need is faith working through love. All we need is faith, faith working through love. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for what you're doing, and we thank you for what you're going to say to us today in Jesus' name. And we just give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now realizing that over the years, um, because of the various teaching that have came through, have been passed down through generation, have gotten a lot of people off track when it comes to God. And, and because they've gotten off track, we have begun to pay more attention to some of those rituals and some of those ceremonies then we actually do the word of God, really. And some people, you know, just like you heard me say a few times, some people got this belief we talked about a few months ago. If a black cat crosses your path, go to the left or go to the right, that mean, mean bad trouble or whatever. And, you know, there's so many things that we have passed down through the years when it comes to rituals. And some people even believe those things even today. Well, Paul, and he was dealing with the church of Galatians, they was also were dealing with different types of rituals and different types of sins that people were dealing with during this particular time. Because you remember, there was a lot of Jewish, Jewish people that was in, intermingling with the Gentiles. They was all in, in the church together. And even today, there's a lot of people that goes to church and in church, they... Um, they have a lot of things they still believe in. Even though it does not support the scripture, they don't have the scriptures to support it, but they believe in certain rituals and certain ceremonies. And some people, you know, some believe 
if you don't be baptized, you can't be saved. Okay? Um, some believe if you don't go to church on a certain day, a certain week, you can't be saved. Or if you miss a certain day, a certain week, um, you then basically blew your relationship with God to some, to some degree. So, and, and, and what happened here, Paul, and talking to the Galatian church, they believe unless you are circumcised. You know, think about it. You know, a thought crossed my mind. Now, men can be circumcised, but what about the women? <laughs> women can't be circumcised. So why do they fall in? Why do they fall in at the at this thing at? So if they can't be circumcised, then they pretty much left out. And then you know, again, these are things that people have believed and still believe. And they still support these types of things, even today. Some believe it is on 144 going to make it into the kingdom. But they can't tell you they're one of the 144. But they believe that. And so, again, it's not so much as the ritual. Make sure you stay with the word by the grace of God. Circumcision if you're circumcised or not circumcised, Paul will say, it does not matter. What matters now is you being saved and have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Some people believe that eating pork, you're going to hell for eating pork. They'll slap you in the face and cuss you out, but they won't eat a piece of pork. Are you listening to me? But these are the type of ritual people believe in. And, and I'm telling you, people take this stuff to heart. But it has nothing to do with your relationship with Jesus. How, the most important thing that you need to remember when it comes to Jesus, how to be born again. If you accept Jesus Christ, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ was risen from the grave, then thou shalt be saved. You can give all your money. You can wash all the windows in the church, vacuum all the floors in the church, set in all the digging boards in the church, and do all those wonderful things. You can even preach the gospel. Because there was a church years ago here in Huntsville that the pastor preached for several years, and he was not even saved. How can that be? People get caught up in the ritual. Look at Nicodemus. In the New Testament, third chapter of John, Nicodemus was a teacher. He was a, he was a great teacher, a good teacher, and he knew the law. But for some reason or other, he omit and overlooked the fact that he had to be born again to be able to get credit for what he was doing. So being born, so don't get caught up in the rituals. And all the ceremony and stuff like that. And I tell you, even go a step further. I don't even argue with people about that. Because it's not even worth arguing about. As long as you know that you're a man, you're a man, you're a woman, you're a woman, you don't have to, con you don't have to convince nobody else about who you are or who your identity is. And that's why it's so important for you to know for yourself who you are and whose you are. And search the scripture. That's why God blessed us with his word so we can read it for ourselves. It's not like it was in, in some, in some um, churches where the only person that reads the word is the leader. What if he doesn't get it right? Well, guess what? You may be jacked up. You might be out of place. Because you can read, we can read the same word and look at the same scripture and God can say one thing to me, but he also can say something entirely different to you. Suppose you don't read that though. It's what you miss out on. And that's why it's good to have that personal relationship with Jesus. It's good to serve the church. It's good to go to church. Church is a place you come where you can learn, you can be taught, where you can be encouraged and be edified. And you go out in the world and spread this good news 
to those that don't want to hear it. And, and then by the grace of God, like, like I tell you many times, if they don't want to talk to you about God, well, you talk to God about them. The message still goes over by the grace of God. So the ritual we need to be concerned about today is how to be born again. There are countless people today in churches, the older generation. They believe that once you gave your hand to the preacher or once you came to the altar, you were saved. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus Christ and God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. All this other stuff looks good, feel good, but it don't count. Don't get caught up in the rituals. And then the next thing we need to be concerned about, and Paul talking about how faith works. It works by love. If you don't love God, it's going to be hard, it be hard to get your faith to working. Because everything works by love, by the grace of God. And Apostle Paul was going, was telling the church of God, the Galatians, said it does not matter what you believe when it comes to ritual. Ritual. What you need to be concerned about is your faith works by love. If you get this straight and continue to pray and trust God, then God can bring you in alignment with the other things you need to know. But you got to get that straight by the grace of God. And when it comes to faith, how you trust God, faith revealed to you, and you get a point to get a get an opportunity to trust God, and He revealed to you who God is. Everybody knows who God is. But everybody's not willing to trust God for who He is. And once we get a chance to really, by faith, accept God for who He is and what He is to us, guess what? Then we can start loving. You can't love somebody you don't trust. And many people today are trying to love God, but they can't, they don't trust God. And everything small, everything that big starts out small. And God gives you an opportunity every day. Look at your neighbors every day. Every day to trust him. When you get into situations and get out of those situations, and you know for a fact the only way you got out of it was nothing but God did it. That's your way, God's way of teaching you in that situation how to trust him. If you can't trust him for a cold, how in the world are you going to trust him for cancer? It's not going to work. If you don't love him, how can you trust him? That's why a lot of a lot of people end up getting divorced because they say they're in love, but they don't trust each other. And if you don't trust that person, you can't love them. You got to have confidence. And that's why when God told Abraham to leave his country, Abraham had an opportunity to obey or not to obey. God is going to tell you to do some things and you may not like it. It may go against your flesh. Look at your neighbor and say flesh. Because flesh don't like to agree with God. It always likes to do what it wants to do. And, and Abraham had an opportunity to say yes or no. And when God told him, he said, Abraham, if you leave your country and follow me, I will bless you. So, in order for Abraham to do that, he had to step out in faith to do that. Did Abraham love God at that moment? He probably didn't. He probably didn't know anything about God. Because God, remember, he came up in the land of Chaldeans and was nothing was taught there, was just basically heathens and idols or whatever. He's an idol worshiper. He didn't know anything about God. But guess what? Because his faith, his faith was the first step. Faith was opens the door. It gives you an opportunity to start trusting God. But everything that God tells you to do, you can't do it. You don't want to do it. Ain't got time to do it. Your faith is not going to grow. You're not going to become the person you want to be become if you don't give out, if you don't learn how to trust God. When you start to step out in faith, begin to to know God, begin to trust God. 
and begin to learn about God, that's when you begin to love God. Look, look at the woman, the man you married. You didn't know where he's a, uh, uh, that person was a murderer or what? You didn't know. Only thing you knew about them is what they told you. But you trusted what you saw. And you trusted what they said to you. And you agreed with that. But really, you didn't know really what. And then sometime, and then over years, even though they said things they shouldn't have said, even, even though they lied to you, that came out later down the road. That was exposed. But for Abraham to do what he did, he had to learn how to trust God first. Put your confidence in. You know, just like friendship, like again, going back to a relationship. Before you decide to spend your life with this man or this woman, at some point, you got to trust them. And then if you trust them over a period of time, guess what? Then your love for them begin to grow. Think about right now. You love the person you're married to much more today than you probably did a few years ago than when you did you first married him. Why? Because time have, have grown now over years. Now you got a chance right now to not only to trust them, but also you got a chance now to get to know them. And this when it comes to God, when it comes to God. That's why you can get a chance to trust God when you begin to know them. Trust him. Spend time with him. Well, if you heard things about God that's not true, like most people believe that um, any bad things happen to them, it's God orchestrated. God is trying to teach them something. Well, you don't know God if you, if you believe that. If you know God, if you believe that, then you got to go to your Bible and tear out John 10.10. So I came to you, I came to you, you may have life and have life more abundantly by the grace, by the grace of God. So you can't have it both ways. The thief coming but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So if it's kill, if it's bringing death, if it's destroying from you and stealing from you, then guess what? You don't have to be no rocket science to figure it out. It's not God. God is not doing that. And so as you begin to grow, as you begin to put more trust and faith in God and begin to do more of the things he tells you to do, that builds your confidence up for him and with you. Because guess what? Again, going back to your, your husband and mate, you know more about them now than you did several years ago because you learned how to trust them. You love them by the grace of God. And, and it doesn't matter all this other stuff. Again, while going back to what I said earlier, people, people put more confidence in rituals and sayings than they do actually putting it, put it in, in the Word of God. If it don't line up with the Word of God, listen to me. It's not God if it don't line up with the Word of God. If you can place it beside the Word of God and, if, and, it, and it coincide and agree with God's Word, then it's law then it's good. But if it's not, then guess what? You need to throw it away as fast as you can and look at something else by the grace of God because you don't need to be involved in that. In the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6, in the easy read, it says this. When someone belongs to Christ, it is not important if they are circumcised or not. Not going to church on a Sunday is not going to send you to hell. It's not going to send you to hell. But at the same time, by not going to church, you can miss out on a whole lot of things that you could be taught. You can miss out on a whole lot of relationship that you miss. You can miss out on a whole lot of word that can be explained to you if you go, by the grace of God. It's not going to send you to hell, but, it, but the Bible said, look at your neighbor, said the Bible said, Hebrews 10.25 says this, 
forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a man of, of some ill. It's not saying that you got to go every Sunday, every day, or whatever. But at the same time, if you love your family, you'll want to take some time out to spend some time with your family. If you love your family. Now, if you don't care about your family, they don't mean nothing to you, you don't really mean anything to them, then guess what? Then you can go for months and weeks, and it won't bother you whatsoever. It's a joy. It's a privilege. It's by God's grace that he makes things available to us. And plus, and when we come together, we get a chance to learn about each other. We get a chance to spend time with each other. But if you don't take that time out and do that, you're missing out on some great opportunities. I know when I used to travel quite a bit, um, man, I tell you, it was sometimes good to go, but I look forward to coming back because, man, I miss my family. I miss being with them. I miss spending time with them and et cetera. And this is the same thing, the same way we should feel about God because when you see people really you're looking at God's creation. That's why God don't want us to kill each other. Because when you kill another man, another woman, you are destroying the image of God. And God don't want you to do that. It does not matter how upset they make you become. It's still not justifiable for you to take that person's life. People do it all the time. And the reason they do it because they do not know God. When you don't know God, we all, me included, make some bad mistakes. But once we know better, we can do better by the grace of God. Then there's another scripture, same, same scripture, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. The worldwide English version say this. So if a man belongs to Christ Jesus, it does not matter if he is circumcised or not, it does not matter. And see, and the thing about God is this. He would, even though you got some wrong theology, even though you've had wrong teaching, even though you've been misled in some areas, but when you come to church, when you stay in fellowship with God and you listen to the Holy Spirit, God will put you in a path called straight. He'll get your theology straight. Look what he did to, to Saul. When Saul was out there persecuting the Christian in the church, he did all types of negative things toward the people in the church. But once he, once he began to accept Jesus by faith, accept Jesus by faith and fell in love with Jesus, his whole life changed. Everything changed about him. About um, and during that time with Saul, but now we call him Paul. Everything changed. And that's what happened to us each and every day. We are changing. God is changing us every day to become more not like the world, not like the church, but we're becoming more like Him every day. We're changing. And if you're not changing, then the question you need to be asking yourself, why am I not changing? Why am I still struggling with the things I struggled with last year this time and it has not changed for me? Why am I still struggling with that? Why am I still lying when I know the truth? Why am I still being lazy when I know for a fact laziness is not going to take me where I need to go? Why am I doing this? Why am I still hating people when God tells me I need to love? Why am I still hating people today when it even comes to my enemy? I'm hating them as well and have not changed. And especially if you know God. If you know God, there's no way 
and walking in the love of God, there's no way you're going to stay the same. You're going to change by the grace of God. And once you begin to step out in faith and be begin to believe God, you're going to notice that things in your life are going to change. You can trust God for more. You can believe God for more. You begin to see things different because you trust him now. If God tell you to tell you that a rat can pull a plow, don't ask him how, but just hook him up. If God told you to do that now. But that's what builds your confidence up in knowing God. And that's why the world is struggling today. It's not because they're bad people. They have a relationship with the world. They have a relationship with religion. But they don't have a, a genuine, bona fide relationship with God. And that's what it's, that's what it's all about. Because when I'm, well, if I do something crazy, God forbid. And you have people that have walked out of the church, have left the church, and still out of the church because of somebody that done some crazy in the church. Their relationship was not in, in God. Their relationship was in the church or in that situation or with that person. With or without them, your life should still go on by the grace of God. That's what you call having a relationship with him. And when you got that relationship with him, let me, let me tell you, can nothing stop you. It can hinder you, it can slow you down, but it cannot stop you. Can nothing stop you from loving God if you want to love God. And the reason why we're struggling today with people because we're struggling with our relationship with God. And once we get that relationship with God straight and get it on track and get it in line, guess what? A lot of your people problem will go away you find out you don't have as many enemies that you used to have. Most likely you probably realize you don't, need, you don't need to have any enemies because of God's grace and his mercy. But at the same time, if you don't have the faith to trust God, you're not going to be willing to take the risk. Go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 14 and verse 28. You guys familiar with this passage of scripture about Peter? Peter was a, was a typical American person. He did a lot of crazy stuff like we did. God told me, he, Jesus told me he was going to curse him. And before the cock crow, before the cock crow three times, he would deny him three times. Peter said, no way. I will never do that. But it takes, some of us, it takes a while. But don't beat yourself up because it's taking you a while. The most important thing is that you get it. And when you do get it, you get it straight and get it right by the grace of God. In the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verse 28 through 30, heard Peter in another situation. Um, it said that Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bids me to come unto thee on the water, if you don't have faith in a person and have faith in God, when God tells you to do something like, like he was telling Peter to do, what do you think the average person would do if all of a sudden if someone told them, you need to go to Lake Gunnerville and walk on the water? Are you with me? Unless you got the faith and trust and belief in that person, you're going to probably look at them like they got three heads. Are you crazy? I can walk on that water if I got a boat. I got something underneath me. But just to step out on faith, because he loved Jesus, risk was not a problem. And this is what is coming to now and getting to the point now where, where we can't always play it safe. We got to take some risk. Even though sometimes you may sink, just like Peter began to sink. The Bible said he began to sink. Jesus didn't let him sink. But we can applaud Peter's effort because he was willing to do what others wanted to do, but they were scared to do it. They didn't want to take that risk. 
Man, you tell me. And you, and only thing Peter said, guess what? Just was to, that the power that was in that word come. The only thing Jesus told Peter was just, just come, Peter. Just come. If you got the faith and trust in a person, it's not hard for you to love them and do what they say do. But if you don't love them, you don't have no faith in them, you can get along. Things can go well for you for, for years and months and, and to death do your part or whatever. But a relationship will never be the same until, they, until you put all your faith and trust, until you build that relationship and trust with each other. Say, so I got confidence. Having spent time being married to Hilda, I know for a fact there are certain things I know about her now I didn't know then. I know that I love her more now than I do then because there are certain things I didn't know. And that's going back to your relationship with Christ. It shouldn't get, you shouldn't come into a place called complacency when it comes to your relationship with God. It should always stay refreshed. And if your relationship with God is not being refreshed every day by the grace of God, then something is wrong. And if it's not, just ask God. Say, God, look, not that you're getting complacent, but I'm getting complacent. Refresh me, Holy Spirit. Give me a freshness to fall upon me, to help me to see things different than I used to see things. Help me to know things that I didn't know. Help me when I read your word, help your word to become alive to me, God. Not just let me read it, but God help me to get some out of what I'm reading. Help me to know you better. Help me to know you more. And help me to be able to realize, God, that this word is what I need by the grace of God. And I'm telling you, once you get those things straight, you get them, get them in the right place, and you begin to have faith and trust, guess what? Love will come. Love will come. By the grace of God. The Bible says if you're saved, love has already been it's in your heart anyway. Only thing you need to do now, just allow that love to be cultivated and be around other people. And express. Those people that you hate, believe it or not, that's an opportunity for your love toward them to be cultivated, to love them. And that's what Peter asked Jesus. God, how many times should I forgive them? And Jesus told Peter, said, Peter, seven times seven. It's not how many times you forgive them. Forgive them as many times as is necessary. You forgive them. Because forgiveness don't do so much to the other person, but what it does for you. It helps you. It helps you to refocus. Because once you open the door for a little bit of unforgiveness, before you know it, you open the door for a root of bitterness to sit in. And a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. And you don't want to do that. Faith works by love. If you love, if you really love God, and really can trust God, there's not a situation you can find yourself in that you know for a fact God will not deliver you out of it by the grace of God. And this is what God is trying to get to the point where we can trust him, not only trust him, but to love him like he loves us by the grace of God. Love is an amazing thing. And that's why the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians, 13th chapter, if you don't have love, guess what? You don't have anything, really. Though you sound as a, as a tinkling cymbal and a sounding brass, sounds good, looks good, but love never fails. And that's why it is important when you're dealing with people, dealing with situations, and make sure you got the right attitude. If you got the right attitude, regardless of what their attitude may be, 
if you walk in love toward them, the Bible says love will never, never fail. Hope will pass away, even faith will pass away, but love will never fail. It'll always be there. And that's why the devil works overtime to use the word love to so many people, tell people how much they love them, then he turn around and do some hurtful things to them. Then they blame it on God. No, love don't do that. Love does not behave itself unseemly. Does not provoke other people. Love is always kind. Love is always patient. Is always willing to give up versus to receive. That's love. But so many times we are so selfish is when we make everything about us and not the other person. And God don't want us to do that by the grace of God. They have feelings just like we have feelings by the grace of God. When we walk in love, I'm telling you, it changes our world by the grace of God. How faith works by love. Number one, faith reveals the object of love. It reveals things. In other words, when we, be, we begin to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we accept him. We don't know anything about God. We just accept him by faith. But as we begin to grow and spend time with God, we begin to love him especially when we get into his word, we begin to love him. So faith reveals the object of love. And it reveals to you what you need to love and why you need to love. Why we need to love God? Because he first loved us. That's why we need to love him. Sometimes people make it real difficult for you to love them because they do things so contrary sometimes makes it challenging for you to love them. But still, that does not give you a driving license for you not to love them. Love them in spite of. In spite of what they think and in spite of what, what they feel by the grace of God. Point number two, faith helps love to trust. Faith helps love to trust. Faith have love to trust. If you spend more time with a person, begin to spend time with them or whatever, you can trust them more. That's why going back to having that personal relationship with God. If you don't read about God, if you don't hear anything about God, only thing you know is songs about God, your love for God may be very limited. I'm not saying that you, you can't be able to grasp, you're not, not going to be able to obtain some love from them songs. I'm not saying that. But the more time you, you spend with him through prayer, studying his word, spending time in his word, meditating in his word, and not believe everything what everybody else say about God, but you won't be able to know God for yourself. What they say, what they're saying to you, or what they've said to you, may be great, may be wonderful, awesome. But it same situation, your love for God could even be much greater once you learn it for yourself. You've heard things about God. Many of you've heard things about God over years that you know for a fact it was not true. And some people uh, will go to their grave believing that lie, the big lie, versus trying to get to the truth of the matter is. God is good. He's all the time. All the time God is good. Faith helps us to love, love and trust. If Peter had not loved God, Jesus, and had not spent time with Jesus, they had spent time with him together, 
I don't think Peter would probably got out of that boat. I think he probably would have sat there. And that's why, can you reach a point where you know that God is telling you to do something? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. When you love him. Because if God tells you to do it, it's always going to work. It's never going to fail. That's why he said, love never fails. And he's never going to tell you to do anything that's going to cause you to fail. If he tell you to go down to, to the bank tomorrow, and no sooner the bank open, you go and tell the president, the Lord told you to give you $5,000. First of all, we won't be late for the appointment anyway. And then when you get there, when you see the bank manager, and you tell them what God said, if they don't give you that $5,000, you know who said it, right? That was a thought from the devil. Because God ain't going to tell you something that's not going to happen. If he tell you it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And that's why when you, when you, when you think something's going to happen, believe something's going to happen, and it don't happen, and it never happens, it wasn't God. Because God gonna never, he's never going to leave you out there hanging. Going back to, to Abraham, when God told Abraham to leave his, his country and leave his basically family and all of them, which he didn't because he took his father with him. But guess what? God did not renege on Abraham. God done for him, what he told him he was going to do. And God blessed him. Abraham was a very wealthy man. He started off dead broke, pretty much. Started off with nothing. But he believed God. And because he had faith to trust God, God blessed him. That's what it's all about. I believe God. I, I, I got faith in God. Really? Let's see how things are going for you. You've got trust in God. When trouble hits, when water, when turbulence hit, hit your life, see how much faith you have. See how much love you have. And most of the times, when trouble hit, what's the first thing people do? They give up on God many times. That's not the person to run from. That's the person to run to. When I prayed, I prayed. Did you pray in unbelief? Or did you really pray? And did you really trust God for what you believe, what you're praying for? All these questions or whatever. And people say, well, God can't be trusted. That's not true. He can be trusted. God is not a man that he should lie. If God said it, he's going to bring it to pass by the grace of God. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow, but he's going to bring it to pass if he said it. If he didn't say it, then guess what? You can wait, wait until it won't come to pass. Point number three, faith feeds on the promises. That's why it's good to be able to know the word of God. Is to know the word of God for yourself. It's good for them to know it. And everybody else to know it. It's great and wonderful. But what about you? You're believing God for a miracle. And you want God to do something miraculously for you. But guess what? You don't have one promise from his word that you're standing on. And that's a recipe for disaster. Because if it don't come to pass, the devil going to haunt you every day. If God loved you, he would have he made it happen. You didn't go into this thing with faith. You believed when you prayed about it, you didn't have faith. You don't read your Bible. You don't study your Bible. You don't even take time out to have a personal prayer life. 
because it's not important. But guess what? Faith feeds on the promises of God. Why did God tell um, what Moses was talking to Joshua? He told Joshua, he says, Joshua, listen to me, son. This book of the law shall not depart from you, your mouth, both day and night. But thou shalt meditate therein both day and night. And then if you do this, I'm going to make the way prosper. And then you will have good success. I'm telling you, faith feeds on the promises of God. Guess what? And God will never let you down. Why? Because he loves you. And when you begin to think about how much God loves you, it's amazing to me how people sometimes, they miss that. How much God really loves them. And when he shows you how much he really loves you, it's just really amazing to me how many times people just, just uh, give up on God. Book of Romans, Romans chapter is not on the overhead. Um, I don't write the scripture down for you, but I, if you want to write it, you can write it down. Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. It says this. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So God ain't trying to hold out on you. He ain't trying to teach you anything. If he gave up his own son for you, why would he not withhold things from you? And then only in the book of Psalms is that God will not withhold any good thing from those that walk right before him. He, he's not going to do it. Well, God is not working. Maybe the time is not yet. And then people have the audacity to start hating on others. Because God blesses them. When the same God is available to them just like they are to other people. The only difference is we're not willing to do what it takes. We want the shortcut through life. We don't want the long cut. And you heard it said there's no shortcut to success. There's none. And that's why it's important for us to be able to know God. Then over there in 1 John, John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14. The Bible said this, we know, what do we know? We know that we have passed over out of death into life by the fact that we love the brethren. Huh? Nowhere transition had taken place. That's what I'm saying. There's no way in the world you can live this life and be in relationship with God and not change. It's just, it's just, it's just not true. It's just not true. You can't sit in church on Sunday morning talking about loving your brothers and sisters. Then you go out down on Mondays and Tuesdays, you cuss them out. It's just not true. Something wrong with that picture. It's just not true. And when you begin to get this love walk straight and begin to realize how much God loves you and how much he had done for you and how good he had been to you, your little pride and ego will just go out the window. You get out that old ego trip trying to prove something to God. You're not proving anything to God by 
get on your ego trip. I'm going to hold this person in contempt because they done something to me. You're not hurting nobody but yourself. You are the one that's missing out on the blessings of God by having that type of attitude. You don't want to do that. As quick as you have something to happen to you that dislike, you immediately say, Father, forgive me. Don't think about it. Say, Father, forgive me. You say something not right, Father, that's not the type of thoughts that I, that I have. Forgive me for saying that. Forgive me for thinking that way. You don't want to do that by the grace of God. Because you remember, you are like him. So is he, so are we in this world. The Bible did say you're the light of the world, didn't it? A light that sets them on a hill. They cannot be hidden. If they can't see love in nothing else or nobody else, they should be able to see love in you. Got one more scripture, one more scripture. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13. He said, there are three things that bear, the three things that remains, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these, that old word again, love. The greatest of these is love. I'm reading from the Living Bible. Because they will sustain you through all manners of what? All manner of sorrow. Devin, do you, do you have the um, living Bible? Yeah. The living Bible. It says it's a little bit different. But the um, 1 Corinthians 13 13, the Living Bible says this. There are three that bear, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. It says this. You got the New Living Translation. It's not what we want. We want the Living, living Bible. Because they will sustain you through all manner. All manner what? sorrow and suffering but the greatest of these is love is God good all the time God has a way of of changing us helping us and blessing us but the question of it is we have to be available. Look at your neighbors available for change to come. We want God to change situations for us. But guess what? Many times, before God can change the situation, he needs to change us. He needs to change us. People don't, people don't want to hear that. Everybody's wrong but them. You know you, I know you don't know anybody like that. Everybody's wrong but them. And no sooner you try to convince them or try to encourage them they're wrong, they go into attack mode, defensive mode. I know I'm right. And that's why many times people get hurt. They put up barriers in their life. And that's why many times people get stuck. You got to be open to change. God, I'm, I'm a great person. But what can I do to be better, a better person? Walk in love. That's what's going to change me. 
all my faith to really to grow, to be where I wanted to be, whatever, to be able to speak to the mountains and all that good stuff, guess what? I need to walk in love. That's going to change me. Every head bow, never eye closed. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you for what you're doing. And Father, we praise you. And we thank you, God, because we are truly aware that rituals, ceremonial things that we believe in is not going to change us. But having a personal, by accepting you as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and allowing, your, allowing faith and love to work in our heart is going to bring change to us in Jesus' name. Father, help us to not to disagree with your plan that you have for us because we know for a fact you have a plan for us. And Father, continue to bless us and keep us. Watch over us and protect us, oh God. And Lord, when we, when we step, get out of line with you, help us not allow our pride and our ego to get in the way to cause us to even miss you even more. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Is God good? All the time.